0: This is The Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. So we're going to continue on. We're going to pick up in chapter 2 verse 15 of Ruth and um, today's message uh, we've called The Right Stuff. Now why have I called it The Right Stuff? Because um, this is a a courtship in the making. It's going to be a marriage. It's a marriage in the making and you know, if you want to uh, have a successful marriage, you want to the, be the right stuff for that other person. And so to be the right stuff, you got to fill up with the right stuff because once you get the right stuff in you, you become the right stuff. And so it's really important that you become the right stuff. And um, <clears throat> if you think about it, uh, have you, those of you ladies out there, have you ever cooked something and uh, you taste it and you know something's missing? It's like, whoa, so there's some spice missing. It might be too salty or maybe you didn't put salt in. You forgot something. It's like, nah, that's missing something. And so you put that thing in there and all of a sudden it's like, that is really, really good now. Because you know what? You got all the right stuff in there. And so same thing when it comes to relationships, courtship, marriage. You want to be the right stuff. But to be the right stuff, you got to fill up with the right stuff. The Word of God. Once you fill up with the right stuff, your thinking's right and you become the right person. So we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at verses 15 to 20. Uh, verse 15 says, When she, Ruth, arose to glean, or rose to glean, Boaz, remember he's the owner of the field, commanded his servant, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not insult her. Mm. Now, what we find going on here, because this is ongoing now, is that Boaz is uh, more generous than even the scriptures command? So, he's favoring her. He has served her in the previous verse to the point she's satisfied, and now we find he's even more generous than the scriptures command. Let's reaffirm that. Let's go back to a set of verses we've gone through before in this in this in this in this, in this book. But let's go back to Leviticus chapter nineteen, uh, just to reaffirm it, and then we'll come right back. And it says in chapter nineteen and. Verse 9 and 10, watch, it says, Now, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field. In other words, you can harvest everything, but leave the corners, don't harvest that. Why? Neither shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, nor shall you glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit from your vineyard. You shall leave them for the needy. Ah, those the poor. For the stranger, I am the Lord, your God. So God is saying, look, guys, you, you have this field, everything, leave the corners. Let the poor people come and let them pick it, glean it out, you know, thresh it, the whole thing, so they have food. Now, you just don't give it to them. They got to come and work for it, but you leave it there for them to come and work for it. But here's the deal. Um, he's letting her, in verse 15, glean even among the sheaves. That's the already harvested stuff so he's going beyond those verses and he's leaving her even more this guy is more generous than the scriptures command i like that about this guy he's the right stuff verse 16. also you shall purposely now he's, he's pulling a fast one here you guys on purpose pull out for her some uh some grain from the bundles and leave it that she may glean ah, and do not rebuke her so Already the harvest, up, throw some of that out there too that we've already, you know, chopped out and harvested. Throw some of that out there. So <clears throat> so he's accidentally leaving some extra for her to take and to beat out and to glean. Wow. So she's really getting blessed, guys. This is just like the grace of God upon her life. Verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Now she'd been in there since morning all the way to evening. There's a worker. Then she beat out, I mean she threshed, she beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ifah, a barley. It's about 20 quarts, so it's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of food going on here. Now, what I want to point out in verse 17 is this. Blessings and hard work go together. Yes, the favor of God is upon her. Yes, the blessing of God through Boaz, who is a picture of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, because he is the kinsman, Redeemer, he's the relative, the near relative. That's the blessing of God. All good things come from above. But this girl has been working hard. It says to evening, we know she got there in the morning, sun up to sundown. And it says she beat out what she gleaned. Now what do you mean she beat out? She threshed it. To understand what that means, because you and I don't live in that kind of agricultural society, they would take the harvest and they'd, they'd have these flat, uh, higher um, surfaces, flattened out, where they'd lay down all the harvest and they'd ride this kind of, it's called a, a threshing cart, and it was heavy and it'd be pulled by oxen and it'd be going dragged over all the, the, the harvested wheat and the chaff and it'd break the wheat from the chaff. It would do the work for that and then they take the winnowing fork because it's up on a hill, throw it up in the air, the heavy stuff that we would come down and the wind would blow the, the chaff away and that's how they separated. John the Baptist uses the illustration for repentance in the New Testament. She's taking it by hand and beating it out. She's doing a lot of work to the point that she got 20 quarts of this stuff. That's hard work. Never forget you got to work. The blessings of God and hard work go hand in hand. Teach your children well. Teach them to work. Now let me flip, flip the script on this verse here. It's Boaz Field. He's the owner. He has built a good, strong, successful business. We found out earlier in the chapter He's a good man, good to his employees. He loves him. They love him back. And now, with all that, this employer who's built the business, good to his employees, and now he's sharing with the poor, which is a good thing to do. But the right motivation is very important. But let's look at something first. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Watch this. About work and sharing. New Testament, Ephesians 4, verse 28. And it says this. He who steals must steal no longer. No looting. Period. And don't justify it. But rather, he must labor. Instead of looting, you must labor. Bible. God says it. Performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Whoa! Okay, don't steal. Don't loot. But instead, go get a job. Go to work. So why? So you can give to the poor. Now notice here or anywhere else in Scripture, not even Leviticus 19, does it say to redistribute the wealth of the rich and government forces everybody to do that? It doesn't say that whatsoever. It says by your own choosing. You choose to do this. You work hard. You have surplus, you're successful, you move up the ranks because you've worked hard. You have extra, you budget your money fine, you don't make stupid decisions with your money. And you have extra and you can help the poor. You know the Christians are the most generous people on the planet? Yes, they are. They are, some, they are on the top up there, they're the most generous people. Because they follow God, God's a giver, therefore they become a giver. It's part of our DNA. We like to help poor people. We like to help people in need. But we don't like when government tries to force us to do things because that is not love. Now we become robots subject to a government that's dictating to us what we must do. Let us just do it out of our hearts. Let us do it because God says to do it and we will do it. I think God's way is a much better way. You see, He's giving because it's a God thing, not a government thing. It's a God thing. Now, Boaz, God-fearing, generous, successful, the kind of guy you want to marry the kind of guy you want to look for now verse 18 back to Ruth chapter 2 she took it up and went into the city so she got the 20 quarts she's carrying all this food going back to the city going back to her mother-in-law Naomi went into the city and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned her eyes must have popped out of her head there was so much food she also took it out so she takes it out Ruth does, and gave to Naomi, notice, what she had left after she was satisfied. Where have we heard that before? You go back to verse 14, she ate and was satisfied and she had some of the roasted grain left over. She brought some of that extra roasted grain that Boaz roasted for her after she was full Or maybe she wasn't full, but she saved some for her mother-in-law. She brings it in verse 18. She gives her some of the roasted, already roasted grain to her mother-in-law. Oh my gosh. Do you know what this means about being the right stuff? It means this. They're perfect for each other. He served her. She serves her mother-in-law, Naomi. They're both servants. Don't you love that? Man, I heard that statement years ago, and I've used it in talking to people. Become the person the person you're looking for is looking for. Become the person the person you're looking for is looking for. In other words, become the right stuff. Likes draw likes. Become the right stuff. You'll find the right stuff. The right stuff will be drawn to you because you're the right stuff. Did that make sense? right stuff? Amen. That's the way good, strong, healthy relationships are formed. Let me tell you something. Um... I've been, I've been doing ministry for 30-some years. I've been a Christian 40 once. So I've talked to a lot of married couples over the years. I had to take the advice myself. If life is about you, don't get married. Just don't get married. Jim, you've said it before. I'm going to say it before. I said it before. I'll say it now. I'll say it again. Because people don't listen to it. If life is about you and what you want all the time, don't get married. In fact, I have a great idea, a splendid idea. If you're dating and you're a selfish person, do the person you're dating a big favor. Take that person out to dinner, sit down with them, and just say, you know, i got to be honest with you. I know our relationship's going and we're maybe about to get engaged or whatever, but I need to know something about me. I'm thoroughly selfish. Um, if we get married, it's going to be all about me. It's all about what I want, when I want, how I want, and uh, your needs. Once in a while maybe, but most of them know it's about me. Be honest with them. Let them know what they're going into. Let them know what they're going to be experiencing for the rest of their life. i got a better idea. Quit making it about you. Jesus said this, follower of Christ, take up your cross and follow Jesus daily. In other words, die to you. Die to the old you. Now listen, if you're a follower of Christ, when the Spirit of God came in you, your DNA changed. You took on the DNA of God. And by that fact, you're a new creature. The old you should be passing away and has passed away and is dying, died on the cross. And a new you should uh, develop in conforming to the image of Christ. It just makes biblical logical sense, does it not? Become the right stuff. Become the person the person you're looking for is looking for. Now, what I like in verse... um, 18, is she gave her uh, the leftover, what she had left after she was satisfied. She brings her mother-in-law leftovers. I like that. I love leftovers. I could tell you stories about leftovers, but I won't. I'll just give you two words. Toaster oven. Yes, put your leftovers in the toaster oven a few days later. Man, that is really, really good stuff. So now we see that both these people, Boaz and Ruth, they are givers, they are not hoarders. They are there's a match made in heaven, man. This is the right stuff. Now, verse 19. Her mother-in-law then said to her, because you know she came home with a lot of food. Where did you glean today? I mean, who's the person that gave you this much, man? And where did you work? And then she adds, may he, whoever this person is who owns the field, may he who took notice of you be blessed. So she, Ruth, told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the name of the man with whom I work today is Boaz. (laughs) If Naomi, the mother-in-law's eyes popped out of her head over the amount of food, Her eyes went further out of her head when she heard the name Boaz. She knows Boaz. She knows this guy. But let's break it down. She comes home with the mother load of food. So the natural question is, where did you glean today? Who took notice of you? Who's the person? And she says, Boaz. But let's take the first question. Where did you glean today? Okay, you and I aren't going out to a field to glean and stuff like that. Or are we? Or are we? I'll ask you the question, but in a different way. Where'd you glean today? Here's a better way to ask it. Where'd you read today? Where'd you read today? Let me give you a few things about what the Bible says about that. Just to back up my point, because I, I believe very strongly in this Word of God that is the absolute Word of God now turn to 2nd Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 watch this New Testament 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 some of you know these verses you, they're popping in your head now watch what is it says. be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need To be ashamed. Accurately handling the word of truth. What is that telling me as a follower of Christ? I need to be working in this book. I need to be reading this thing, applying this thing, memorizing it, meditating on it. You know, let me tell you about meditating on the Word of God. You know the Word of God is like a time release explosive. Some of your your greatest, most exciting relationships with the Word of God are in your future. I've been reading it 41 years. And I'll read through passages I've read through hundreds of times and it'll just boom, explode like I I never saw the application, never saw that before. It's amazing. It's like time release explosives in here. But you should be in this thing. Where'd you glean today? Because you want to accurately... Handle the word of truth. Watch this one. Go back to the Old Testament. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Go back to Ruth and back up a few books. Joshua chapter 1. Look at verse 8. You know this verse, most of you. And if you don't, it's a great verse for you for the first time ever if you're a new follower of Christ. Joshua 1 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. I like to be prosperous. And then you will have success. What's he telling us? He's saying this word of God. Do it, think it, and speak it. And if you do that, you'll be successful. You will make wise decisions in your life. You'll avoid trouble. Your relationships will be a lot better. You'll be better at everything you do probably because you'll be accruing the, the wisdom of God. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he's telling this to Joshua before Joshua's gonna head into the promised land and go into battle. He's saying, you better be in this word. You better be doing it, thinking it, and speaking this word of God. now. Okay. <clears throat> Why don't we? Well, I think sometimes in our hurried, impatient ways about us that we just don't feel like, uh, you know, I don't have the time to do stuff, something like that. And, And therefore, because we don't spend the time in a passage, we don't glean out what we'd like to. If you read the discussion questions every week for Sunday morning, the opening one is always the text. Read it through multiple times, dig it out, sit on it, see what the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Write down your questions, write down your thoughts, do all those things. Now, watch. Let me give you an example of that from a story and I'll apply it. Go to to your right a little bit to 1 um, 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18. This is Ahab and uh, Elijah right after, you know, uh, he has um, brought fire down from heaven there on Mount Carmel and now Elijah's gonna, God's going to bring rain back to the prophet uh, Elijah. Now watch verse 41, Now Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the roar of a heavy shower. It ain't rained in three and a half years. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. But Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. So he's down, prone position, he's praying. He said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked toward the sea, the servant does. He says, There's nothing. And he said, Elijah says to him, go back seven times. So the servant does. It came about at the seventh time that he said, Behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, so that the heavy shower does not stop you, because it's coming, the rain's coming now. Verse 45, so it came about in a little while that the sky grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy shower, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. now, we know the literal of the story. Go back, the rain's coming, seventh time the rain comes, but let's take an application. The first time you read it, I didn't get anything out of it. I'll go back seven times. Second time, I read the same text. I didn't get it out. Of it. Third time, I read the same text. I didn't get it. Fourth time, I, read the, I didn't get much out of it. Fifth time, I read the same text. Sixth time. Seventh time. Whoa! Now it's jumping off at me. Now it's time release explosive. Now, it, now it's really happening. I can see it. That's the way the Word of God works. Where'd you glean today? What field you working in today? That's why you've you got to read it, you've got to study it, you've got to memorize it meditate on it. you got to apply it. You do all those things, it's going to time release explode in you. Now, <clears throat> why is that important? Well, we read earlier so we're not ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. Let me take it a step further of why it's so important to be in this word of God. Go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I like this verse a lot. Paul writes this, second Corinthians 11. <clears throat> Watch this. Paul writes, "But I am afraid that as the serpent, he goes back to Genesis three, "As the serpent deceived thee by his craftiness, your mind, your minds, will be led astray From the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Hmm. You know what the word astray means? Led astray, your mind will be led astray. Astray means to be corrupted. It's the idea of those who serve in the temple neglecting the temple. The guardians are neglecting the temple, so now it's not quite what it should be. It's corrupted. Paul says, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that your mind's going to be led the wrong way. It's going to be corrupted. See, it's our mind is the battlefield. It's our mind that everybody out there is vying for. Everybody wants your thinking. And they want you to think the way they want you to think. I don't know if anything frustrate, frustrates me more than that. It, I'm just being honest. And... um, and I'm, I'm just talking to Christians right now, because a non-believer, they don't know any better. They're blinded by the God of this world. I wouldn't expect them to see life the way this teaches us to see life. And I, 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 get, I get worried at times because Christians, you need to be in this thing and, and let the Bible be your worldview, your biblical world view. <clears throat> See, I see too many things posted out there from Christians that really speak nothing of God, it's all the wrong things, or they take God, try to blend them into stuff. I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Your mind's being led astray. This is your world view, period. Not your emotions, and by the way, not your emotions. I mean, so many people base their theology on their emotions. This is not This is not saying, well, let's see how you feel. Maybe we'll change this for your feelings. It doesn't care what you feel. It's what it is. So you want to be led by the Word of God, Spirit of God, Word of God. They're in sync with each other. If you're led by out there or your emotions, you're being led by the caboose. And you're on shifting sand all the time. It's always shifting. But if you're led by the Word of God and the Spirit of God, then you're on the solid rock all the time, and that doesn't shift. So glean in the right places. Dig out the stuff in the right places. I cannot stress that enough in your life. Now, if you don't know where to read, very simple, start in the New Testament. Read read the Gospels. You hear me say this a lot. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're just starting all over again to read or new to the faith, just stay in there for about six months to a year. Read them over and over again and learn about Jesus. Just stay there. And then you start to advance out and you get your Bible studies and you learn other parts of the Bible. But do that. But read it straight through. And once you've read them all through once, and say, well, I read them through once, now read them again. Remember, go back seven times, eight times, nine times. I couldn't tell you how many hundreds and hundreds of times I've read through this, those Gospels. And it's never dull, and it's never old, and it's always fresh because the Spirit of God illuminates it. It's time-release explosive, man. That way, one day that you do, and you think, and you speak it, and you accurately handle it, not based on what you feel or what they said, but what God says. Where did you glean today? Where did you glean today, is what she asked her. Now back to Ruth, let's finish off this Bible study, she's in Boaz field. Verse 20, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he, Boaz, be blessed of the Lord, who has not withdrawn his kindness to the living and to the dead. Again, Naomi said to her, Here it is. The man is our relative. That's a big word there, guys. Well, relative, that's a common word. No way, I'll give you to in a second. He is one of our closest relatives. When she uses the word relative, the Hebrew word goel, it's the kinsman redeemer. Ruth is a widow. She needs to be redeemed. She needs she, In that day and age, she needs to be redeemed. The next of kin would marry her. He's a near relative. This is what excites Naomi so much. Oh my gosh, this is a potential husband for this gal. She's landed in the right field. Now, let me take it on a spiritual, symbolic uh, perspective to close this Bible study out. He's the the kinsman redeemer. He's a picture of Jesus Christ, our redeemer. She, Ruth, has been gleaning in his field. The question is, where do we go for our provision, for our sustenance? We go into the field of Jesus Christ, the word of God, fellowship in church, small group, prayer, etc. I don't go to worldviews. I don't go to the culture. I don't go to what other people. I go to this. I don't go to my emotions. Man, a lot of my emotions are whacked up from my from growing up and so are yours. It's what this is. I glean in this field because He's my Redeemer. I fill up With the right stuff, because I want to be the right stuff for the people around me in my life that I love. I want to be the right stuff for Olivia and my kids and my grandkids and the church and everybody else. And so do you. And so do you. Let me finish with this thought. This is not going to agree with you all the time. It's going to rub you wrong. It's going to rub your emotions wrong. So my question is, when it does, who's right? You or it? This is. Not the culture, not your emotions. This is what's right. And this is where you want to glean in your life. Because like Paul said, I'm afraid, as a serpent deceived Eve with his craftiness, that your minds be led astray from purity and devotion of following Christ. Don't be led astray. You follow Christ. You wash your mind clean with the Word of God and you get a biblical worldview and then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll make your way successful as you live and do these things. Well, I'm gonna stop right there. Hopefully that helped you today. Um, We'll see you next time. You have a great day. God bless you. See you later. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at NBCC.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.